0: To learn more and to order, visit pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman and use coupon code Hoffman30 for 30% off. That's pluscbdoil.com slash Hoffman for Plus CBD's new Daily Balance THC-free line of oils, soft gels, and gummies. Welcome to today's Intelligent Medicine Podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Ronald Hoffman. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, something that I very much look forward to and I hope you do. And with me today is Layla. Layla Mutin is our nutritionist, and together we answer your questions. Questions come to questions at drhoffman.net. How are you doing, Layla?
1: Okay, Dr. Hoffman. How are you?
0: Good, good. Well, so finally we're emerging into uh, something of an Indian summer here in New York. Yeah. It's those beautiful days uh after after the deluge you oh, know my après, après moi le deluge you know oh. <laughs> so uh we had the deluge and now we have uh, beautiful clear skies and that kind of beautiful light that happens in fall in new york
1: yes and uh, it is it's, nice it's really this time kind of year. a nice
0: reprieve from what we inevitably will experience which is more yeah. cooler weather so uh it's kind of the payoff after uh the storm, but I understand you had a little bit of a problem in your house because yeah, with
1: that with that deluge, I got some uh, a, a nice big puddle of water in in the corner of my garage. Ooh! So thankfully, it didn't creep into the basement. Yeah. So just that corner of the garage, and I've got the handy shop vac, the wet dry vac vacuum. Uh, so your husband so is
0: away working on your house. Yes. And you're you're on your own, but I'm on you're, my own. yeah, you're you're you. We got a shop
1: vac. We you're, have double of everything. Okay, so
0: he's. <laughs> He's,
1: <laughs> he's
0: equipped you with the wherewithal yes. to take care of this kind of emergency. So, right, okay. right,
1: and that helped. Okay, I had to good. empty it out five times, but there it was. So the
0: concern is mold, obviously. Sure. So uh, you're doing some precautions to make sure oh, the Oh, yeah, mold-
1: everything is It was concrete. It was in the corner. It, okay. was, it was a no big deal kind okay. of thing. Okay. Yeah. Okay. And so, I threw out anything that got wet. Right, which, was, which is important. And which I really- was mostly stuff I should have. Whenever so now, I see you know, ago,
0: hurricanes, probably. floods, things like this, I, yeah. I worry about the immediate consequences, but I worry about the aftermath because people will yeah. have to live in water-damaged homes, mm-hmm. and it's a big concern because mold growth is yeah. very, very harmful. Absolutely. So, uh, you know, I just hope that people uh, can take the adequate precautions or, if necessary, uh, find alternate accommodations while their home is being rehabbed after a yes. flood like that.
1: Yes, yes, yes. If you remember Hurricane Ida a yeah. few years ago, sure, that got into our basement. Oh, okay, so we had to vacuum all that out, but we also then removed the flooring, and all of that went yeah. that day. Yeah, see ya, yeah. goodbye. Yeah, so that was.
0: Do you yeah, use like a mold-proof paint or something like that? No, and, no, it's no. A concrete floor. Okay. But I'm so, talking about the sheetrock, you know, if it gets into the sheetrock.
1: Oh, you know. nothing got into the sheetrock. It wasn't that much. Okay. We're talking about a half inch. Because
0: sheetrock really inch. can.
1: It can. It can absorb it.
0: Yeah, yeah, and and it can get really funky. So mm-hmm. you want to get that out of there. Absolutely. Uh, apropos of which you know, I looked at the ceiling of our office here. Uh-huh. Uh huh. We do this podcast often from our office here in Midtown, mm-hmm. and uh, I, I don't know whether that had to do with the rain, but you know, I noticed these like. Uh, these, these, these uh, acoustic
1: tiles. Right, on the acoustic tiles. Oh, you know, mm-hmm.
0: We have like pristine white acoustic tiles on them. Yeah. Uh, but I see like these, like, I don't know whether it's the flood or whether it's somebody has a leaky oh, sink above leak. us. Yeah. And that has to be replaced because it, A, it's yes. not very aesthetic. And B, I guess it has the potential to be a mold sink. Sure. Right? Sure.
1: These are easy to replace. Yeah.
0: So, already, the, the super's already been up, like, PDQ, you know, very responsive, like, yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna fix it, replace it, don't worry. Yeah. So, but I think that's, that's an important element of health is to, uh, deal with the moisture damage, Mm -hmm. because, uh, people with respiratory problems and even, you know, I have to say, um, even, I, I, I have a, um, uh, so relative, he's a, a nephew of sorts. Not quite a nephew, but, He's mm-hmm. like, whatever, several removed. And, uh, he's this really strong, young, athletic kid. Mm-hmm. But he, he, he became sick. Mm. And, you know, I mean, he's a tough kid. He's not a sensitive kid. Real athlete, like a fabulous uh, skier and, and, you know, hiker. And he became sick. And what was happening? He bought a fixer upper and he lived in it while he was fixing it up. Oh. And he got to w- be careful. Discovered that. that there was a lot of mold. And the only solution was he had to get the heck out of there. And uh, you know, I think he ultimately uh, had to get rid of the property because it was he molded, should have had fasted. that
1: inspected before. Yeah, was you did. know, kids okay. had
0: something. Yeah. That you bought it as an investment property. Maybe sure. you didn't do the due diligence, or they didn't discover it. You they know. bought it without. Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah you to know. get the best. Uh, yeah, you know, fixer upper. You know, yeah. like I can do this, and you know, it didn't work out. But I'll
1: buy it as is. It ah. it took
0: a, like yeah. a. A few months before he recovered his health it's really something. So yeah, this could be devastating Anyway, yeah. um, I just you know, a couple of Like a little bit of a lightning round And some stories And they're kind of nutritional uh, With nutritional import um, This one is from The American Journal of Clinical Nutrition October 2023 Which is the month we're in Changes in coffee intake Added sugar And long-term weight gain So, mm-hmm. no I'm going to ask you since I haven't rehearsed this with you,
1: uh-huh.
0: uh what would you say this study is about? You know, they're looking at coffee intake and the impact of sugar and added uh, dairy to coffee and whether it's germane to weight gain. What would you say?
1: Well, sure. Calories, first and foremost. Secondly, you know, uh, blood sugar insulin response mm-hmm. would be another thing. And how many cups are you having? With all that sugar and milk. Okay, so yeah. uh, case
0: one, mm-hmm. coffee, black. Does it have an impact on weight? Black coffee. All
1: what do you by, think? All bites. Uh, probably the least amount of impact on weight gain. Well, you think it, to-
0: it is associated with some weight gain or just you maintain your normal weight or do you lose weight? Which of the no, three? No,
1: neither. It's None a if neutral, it's black, effect, yeah. neutral effect. Neutral effect. Neutral effect. Okay,
0: so interesting here. Yeah. Uh, this is, by the way, this is a nurses' health study, so it's done on women, and you know we can't necessarily uh, generalize this to men, but they say each one cup per day increment of unsweetened caffeinated coffee was associated with a reduction in four year weight gain of zero point one two kilograms. Huh. That's not much. No. That's like uh, well, maybe That's a change in your water, too. Maybe a half a pound or yeah. something like that. That's not much. Uh, but and adding cream or non-dairy coffee whitener... Ew. <laughs> ...was not significantly is linked to weight changes. Oh. Now, results may vary. Results may vary. Because some of these non-dairy coffee whiteners are caloric, you know. and Yeah. So, so I don't know. But, look, big study. Like, what are they talking about? Like, uh, 100,000 women or something, you know. Some people
1: are drinking a cup of coffee instead of eating any food.
0: But adding a teaspoon of sugar was associated with a four-year weight gain, not surprisingly, Mm, mm -hmm. of Mm -hmm. 0.09 kilograms. That's not very much. That's not very much. So, it suggests that they... The the benefit of the caffeine, probably caffeine, maybe the other polyphenols in the coffee, mm. that is beneficial against weight gain. Yeah. Because I mean, look, uh, I don't drink caffeinated coffee, or maybe like if I have to take a long drive at night or something, I'll say, sure. okay, safety first, take some yeah, coffee. Yeah,
1: yeah, yeah. yeah. Stay uh, but awake.
0: generally, I'll drink decaf, which I don't want to kid myself; it has a little residual caffeine. Yeah. So I'll have a- that's okay. These days, I'm having a cup of tea in the morning, which is one third the caffeine, but mm. I, I get a little. Caffeine and you know I get yeah. a lot of polyphenols, beneficial stuff, flavanols. Tea is so, good. so so uh but the my experience is that if I'm hungry and I have a cup of tea or a cup of decaf, mm-hmm. it kind of attenuates the hunger, it takes it away a little bit.
1: Yeah, yeah that's an old dieters trick.
0: Yeah. Okay. Yeah. So maybe there's something to skinny it
1: skinny women of the sixties and seventies, maybe the fifties, a cup of tea and a cigarette? <laughs> right. instead of lunch
0: that too that too yeah that too <laughs> yeah exactly exactly
1: oh i feel I'm a little peckish i'll have a cup of tea in a, virginia, and a slims. virginia
0: slims yeah <laughs> i was just thinking that yeah. yeah
1: yeah
0: so okay so anyway so that that's the story on uh coffee okay let's take a look there's a little interesting study on uh does dairy help your bone density okay mm-hmm. And, you know, one would say, I mean, actually, they they actually list this Mm -hmm. as a risk factor for osteoporosis. You know, both risk factors for osteoporosis, have you taken steroids? Uh, Did you have an early menopause? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you have um, a family history of osteoporosis? Are you very uh, thin? Mm -hmm. Uh, Do you not exercise? You know, we ask for what are the risk factors? one of the risk factors is lactose intolerance, inability to tolerate daily yeah. dairy. Yeah. So uh, they did a study. Let me see if I can get this. Um, mm-hmm, mm-hmm, uh, we are, we're
1: always looking at dairy for calcium, and I think that's so one well, of the reasons.
0: So in essence, and I, mm-hmm. I remember the study, I'll see if I pulled it, up. Um, is they looked at the relationship between dairy and the risk of fragility fracture. Here I have it. The American Journal of Clinical Nutrition, last month, September. Uh, types of dairy foods and the risk of fragility fracture. Again, in the Nurses' Health Study cohort, because this is the yeah, biggest study of everything, all habits of women yeah, yeah. of a certain age. And the, the nice thing about it is it goes on for a long time. It's the, the, the NHS, the Nurses' Health Study. They
1: follow
0: them. Over 100,000 m- women, blah, 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 average age 48. Uh, okay, what they found was... Drum roll, please. That, yep. Uh, it took uh, two cups of dare of milk per day, two servings of milk per day,
1: uh,
0: was associated with a lower fracture risk. Hmm.
1: They looked uh, only at milk. That's interesting.
0: Well, no, no. They looked no. at other forms of dairy. Good. But here's the interesting part. Yeah. And this, I make this point: intakes of calcium, vitamin D, and protein from non-dairy sources did not modify the effects of total dairy or milk on fracture risk. So, you know. There's been a lot of countries. Does calcium and vitamin D help reduce the risk of fracture? Um, not so much. Yeah. You know, uh, I mean, if you're well, low vitamin in vitamin
1: D, I, I would think vitamin D has a role to play. If, if but everybody's taking calcium, calcium, calcium.
0: Yeah. So the, the but dairy calcium milk somewhat of an association, a weak association, but some protection. There was no association in yogurt intake and fracture risk. Yogurt I, didn't I, help.
1: I, I believe that less. <laughs> Intake of cheese yeah. was
0: weakly associated with the lower fracture. So you could get a little benefit from cheese. Mm-hmm. But the biggest
1: benefit they're finding from milk.
0: From milk. Now, but the thing about it is, is like so many people are milk intolerant. It's so true. I don't get it.
1: And milk has a lot of sugar. It's called lactose. Yogurt, less so because the beneficial bacteria is eating up, gobbling up that yeah, lactose. Yeah. And cheese has virtually none. However, there was a study several years ago Dr. Hoffman yeah. that found that the biggest milk drinkers had the most osteoporosis. Podiprosis,
0: right. Okay, Sorry. because because they messed up their absorption. Because they have lactose intolerance? No, oh,
1: maybe all that sugar, that's lactose. We
0: also... I mean, there's phosphorus in milk. Too much phosphorus can contribute mm. to osteoporosis, so... And
1: that competes with calcium yeah, yeah. for metabolism. We
0: absolutely know that soda, it contributes to osteoporosis. Oh, yes. Yeah, yeah. Whether it's, uh, you know, a diet Regular soda or diet. or diet. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah Especially yeah. the dark sodas, because they the have a colas. lot of phosphorus. Colas. Yeah, colas, yeah. the, colas, yeah, the yeah.
1: phosphoric acid. Yeah. 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 Not great. All right. Uh, so
0: enough of that. Um, <laughs> <laughs> but you know, I guess what it points up to uh-huh. is these big, gigando studies costing millions of dollars. Yeah, to
1: so pr- come up with something not sort- very of yeah, kind of
0: meh. You know, like you're gonna if you drink too, all this coffee, you're gonna have like what like right. the, over four years, the less of a like a one half pound weight gain.
1: Keep that grant money flowing. Yeah. <laughs> Keep us in business. Right. Keep the grant money coming in. Yeah. What's the next study going to be? I didn't be? see
0: whether this was sponsored by Starbucks or you know, <laughs> by uh, the Dairy Council. Or the Dairy
1: Council, right? Right. right. Yeah, yeah. Anyway, yeah.
0: yeah. So, okay, studies are limited in our field sometimes.
1: Oh, my goodness.
0: Okay, so let's get to questions. Questions at drhoffman.net, the destination for questions. Let's hear them.
1: Okay, this one comes from Mary. I was diagnosed with Hashimoto's in '83. In 2009, I so, had a
0: full... So, a little definition. Yeah. Hashimoto's is the autoimmune version of the most common form of, of hypothyroidism, of hypothyroidism yeah. common cause in middle, mm-hmm. age, young to middle-aged women. Okay.
1: And that was in 1983, that diagnosis. In 2009, Mary says, I had a full thyroidectomy due to papillary thyroid cancer. Since then, I've been taking low-dose naltrexone, 4.5 milligrams, for 14 years after the thyroid was taken out. What
0: because, because? Why would she do that? Well, maybe a, an integrative doctor said it's good for cancer. Maybe the integrative doctor said it was good for autoimmunity. So yes. Two, yes. Two birds with one stone. Low dose now. Traxone is a low dose of Narcan, mm-hmm. which is what they want everybody to carry these days. So if you see some poor, unfortunate on the street, yeah. uh, you know, nodding out, uh, or, you know, respiratory, uh, give uh, them some
1: Narcan, yeah, or something, yeah. Now, Mary says, the thyroid antibodies are still detectable in a blood test. Now, recently I was diagnosed with myasthenia gravis.
0: Another autoimmune disease. Yeah.
1: Yeah. Uh, I've read that in many cases, if you get rid of one autoimmune disease, the body makes another one. Well, it, it's not so much that. It's not like,
0: that's kind of like whack-a-mole. You know, like you play that game and you, pug, you pug push in that steak and yes. then another one comes up. Yeah. It's not necessarily like that, mm-hmm. but it is that they tend to group. And they also uh, are often commonly associated with gluten intolerance and especially celiac disease. Yes. The the autoimmune disease cluster around
1: that. Right. So Mary doesn't mention anything about changes in diet, just taking low-dose naltrexone Mm -hmm. without addressing the underlying autoimmune progress still at work because she still has thyroid antibodies. Mm -hmm. So Mary, if that was never addressed, if you never got rid of the gluten, the dairy the casein, possibly nightshades, not sure if we need to go as far as nightshades, you haven't addressed that whole process right. underlying, but the low-dose naltrexone is helping to modulate that a little bit, yeah. but it's not erasing the problem for you. Yes,
0: so uh, right? Google autoimmune paleo diet, Yes. And uh, you know, or get you know, professional <laughs> advice in terms of modifying your diet for autoimmune conditions. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, but with myasthenia gravis, there is, uh, I think, a new monoclonal antibody that is uh, directed at myasthenia gravis. Mm-hmm. So that's going to be the they're advertising on a TV. So it must be one hell of an expensive drug. Oh, you know, no,
1: okay. They're running the fifty thousand dollars a shot.
0: Yeah, well, whatever. See
1: if you qualify for a two hundred fifty dollars off your fifty thousand dollars
0: shot. <laughs> only a modest copay. <laughs> but it, but the the point being is that it it may actually really attack the underlying.
1: Yes. Uh, mechanism
0: of the disease, mm-hmm. because previous therapies, uh, boosted acetylcholine, mm-hmm. uh, like Mestinon, but they didn't attack the, uh, uh autoimmune, the receptor antibodies mm-hmm. that are associated with MG, mm-hmm. myasthenia gravis. And now I think it's a breakthrough for myasthenia gravis sufferers, but again, it's, it's sort of like, uh a uh, palliative treatment rather than a root cause treatment. Yes. Uh, so it would be good to work both ends of it, the high-tech, take advantage of the high-tech sure. medical intervention, but also work on the underlying uh, health concerns. Also, vitamin D is going to be very yes. important.
1: She has a nice vitamin D of 67. Perfect. That's good. good. So she's okay. addressing mm-hmm. that. That's yep. very good. And, of course, we always want that over 55, between yep. 55 and Especially 85. for
0: autoimmunity. Yep. Sure, yep.
1: sure. And she's had thyroid cancer. So anybody with cancer, we want it nice and hot. So there you go. She was wondering what kind of other nutrients to take, but the diet needs to be addressed first. Right. 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 So for the myasthenia gravis. And that, You know, to some extent, you
0: know, looking at the other nutrients, that's kind of a consult, you know, to somebody with a serious disease comes in and we look at all the possibilities and we might go a little deeper than just. You know, these general recommendations that we might give in a,
1: mm-hmm.
0: uh, basically a radio consult here, mm-hmm. podcast consult.
1: Right, right. So, Mary, thank you for that question. Okay. So, let's see here. Uh, Lisa writes, about 14 minutes into your second program about sucralose.
0: Not 13, not 15. But 14 minutes.
1: 14 minutes yeah. and how many seconds? I don't know, but... yeah. That,
0: can you be a little more she, precise yes, about this?
1: Yes, you need to write us back, Lisa. Okay, you mentioned a warning against using artificial sweeteners, and you included stevia in the same sentence. Why is stevia bad? Not regarding raising blood sugar level, but in the context of your program. Would you say that monk fruit sweetener is also bad? Any studies done on the natural non-sugar sweeteners... <laughs> Regarding other health issues like the ones you mentioned in your programs again I understand your point that even non-sugar sweeteners raise glucose right. level but the program was not about that point what we discovered about sucralose I think she's talking about a podcast I did okay. when I went into a sucralose thing because they're finding out it's actually dangerous right. it may cause more inflammation mm-hmm. and stuff like that not a great idea but again Lisa in the context of all these other sugars None of them are great because they all can be promoters of inflammation if they're disturbing your blood sugar and your insulin levels. Mm-hmm. You don't want to keep a sweet habit going right, either. Right. That's really the other thing. You want to break a sweet habit. Monk fruit is lower on the glycemic index, but it's still
0: yeah. What's well, so, a sweetener? The, the way I look at it is, just, and I agree with you, um, but I think there may be uh, degrees of uh, yeah. problem. Yeah. And there are three ways that these artificial sweeteners can be harmful. One is through a direct toxic effect. And I believe that things like NutraSweet uh, and uh, Splenda uh, may have a direct toxic effect on the organs, on the brain, on the kidneys, on the liver, you know, because they're artificial chemicals that may go into the bloodstream and have a toxic effect. Mm -hmm. There's also the issue with the microbiome that some things... May to a greater or lesser extent disturb the microbiome, which mm-hmm. actually changes one's metabolism and create what or create leaky gut or you know any All number of, of disturbances. Any number of things, yeah. But then there's always with almost the least toxic sweetener. Let's stipulate that perhaps there is monk fruit and stevia have no systemic toxicity. Yeah, uh, they're not poison. Uh, they don't disrupt the microbiome, which I'm not entirely sure. Yeah. I'm not yeah. entirely They might. And we're
1: not entirely sure right. either, because but, even studies on stevia have been short.
0: But let, let's stipulate. Okay. But they do peak one's interest in sweets. They yes. perpetuate one's interest in sweets. And I have to say that I enjoy, in my tea in the morning, yeah. a little packet, you know, it's mm-hmm. like an individualized packet, of stevia. Uh-huh. I put in my tea, and it just hits the spot. And- okay. And, and there you go, and Good. so, but what it does mm-hmm. is it is perpetuating a habit
1: mm-hmm.
0: and a proclivity to seek out sweet things, sure, and I you know it's a little bit like uh you know uh, it's like poking the bear a little bit in terms yes, of
1: exactly, yeah, you don't want you don't wanna wake up that sleeping bear if it's gonna trigger. Right. Right. More, right. more, of wanting it more often even. Right. But, you know?
0: you know, I, I reason that, uh, you know, I get a pretty, pretty good hemoglobin it. A1C. My hemoglobin A1C is like 4.8. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, I'm, I'm pretty athletic. I consider myself at a good weight. Yeah. Uh, You're so, a terrific and, eater. And, and, you know. So, have some stevia in your tea. So it's like a little, little bit of an indulgence. Right. Could it be problematic for somebody who's really on a sugar jones? Maybe we want to really, uh, go to abstinence. You know, it's like, you know, two ways to approach alcoholism. One is like, yeah. gotta go cold turkey, never, you know. Never again, or. Or harm reduction where you yeah. say, I can have a, you know, a glass of wine for my birthday, you know. Yes. And I, I don't go off to the races. Right,
1: right, right, you know, right,
0: right, right. Exactly. controversial proposition in, in, yeah. in AA.
1: And everybody's different. I've heard from many of our patients that say, no, you know, if I just have one slice of bread, I want half the loaf. Or if I start eating just a few nuts, or cheese is another one. Oh. I want more. Cheese is is so
0: addictive. The casomorphin. It's the casomorphin. Oh, my God. Yeah.
1: Yeah. I I think that really is. It goes
0: right to the brain.
1: People, you know yourself. You know, so don't venture there if you think it's going to, you know, flip the on switch into, I want more, Mm -hmm. now you can't stop me, kind of thing. Yeah. You know, but if you can do it from time to time, and be fine... Great. Yeah. Terrific.
0: Terrific. I mean so, they're what are different. called trigger trigger foods. Yeah, yeah. Trigger foods.
1: I remember the Weston A. Price Association talking about the stevia molecule resembling a testosterone molecule.
0: Then maybe junk science. I, they, I can't I can't vouch for that.
1: Yeah. Or the sucralose thing I think more resembled. A chlorine molecule. Well, I remember when it first came out. Resemble. That was a thing. Resemble. So what does that mean? Yeah,
0: I don't know. I mean, you know it's all. I, I it's can't. All the
1: molecules. I don't know.
0: Yeah, That's don't know just either. doesn't sound. It, yeah. First of all, it's it might be just obsolete science because mm-hmm. so many years ago they said that, yeah. and I can't say that you know, you can. I mean. Would would stevia be categorized as an anabolic steroid? You know that'd be great because like mm-hmm. man, I'm gonna like get really big muscles if I take a lot of stevia. I don't think so. Mm-hmm. That's not gonna happen. No. Mm-hmm. There's a little knock on stevia that it stevia is a little licorice like in yes. its sweetness, and that that's some licorice is associated sometimes with hypertension a little bit, some to a greater extent in some people. Yeah. And maybe stevia. I've read that stevia can sometimes promote that. So it. In somebody with hypertension, maybe it's not such a great idea. Ah, you know? Okay. But the effect is mild, I would say.
1: Sure, sure. Lisa, thank you for your very thoughtful question.
0: And, and by the way, I invite, mm-hmm. uh, if people have some more to contribute on the subject, because it is a subject where uh, the information is coming, you know, fast and furious. And some of it's it's reliable, and some of it's kind of, uh, shall we say, folkloric and or mm-hmm. uh, sketchy. Mm-hmm. You know, sketchy. Uh, send us the information our, our way Absolutely. and we'll evaluate it yes, yes and yes, we'll yes, be yes. happy to but you know, but, by the way I just think with all the stuff that's out there you know fentanyl and you know alcoholism and, and
1: please the, everybody in news media it's fentanyl not fentanyl
0: every please. every politician calls it fentanyl oh
1: my god fentanyl Fentanyl, Y L at the end. I I know,
0: that's one of my pet peeves. Yes. That along with veggies. When people talk about eat your veggies, it's like, no, please, stop. Please. but yeah. coming back uh <laughs> it's with all the the ravages of mankind out there you know yes. cancer and and drug addiction and violence in the inner city and mm-hmm. blah 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 and i think stevia is and right and you know collapse <laughs> of the economic system yeah. and you know uh, uh worldwide pollution and extinction yeah i think stevia is one of the less pressing problems
1: there maybe. you go <laughs> Enjoy some in your tea. Keep
0: keep things in perspective.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. exactly.
0: Okay. So uh, with that Uh. said, uh, give us a preview of what we're going to talk about in part two.
1: My husband has elevated liver enzymes. Mm. Should he visit a gastroenterologist?
0: Okay. Good question. I'm Dr. Ronald Hoffman. Today with Layla Newton. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla. And I just want to remind you you when we talk about uh, supplements here on Intelligent Medicine Uh, You can find hundreds of curated, vetted supplements in my full script dispensary, drhoffmanstore.com. And in this day and age, you know what I was telling you last week, I think during this podcast, uh, at the risk of being repetitious, is that there's counterfeit stuff on Amazon you go yes. on with you know the world the the worldwide wild web yes. and you try to order products you're not entirely assured that they are of high quality but
1: there are scam artists there too yeah. so go to folks.
0: dearhoffmanstore.com. it's my full script dispensary full script uh, does some due diligence to make sure that the products there are legit and uh, these are the very products that i take myself uh, prescribe for my yep. friends and family <laughs> and uh, for my patients. So you're entitled to use that as a listener to Intelligent Medicine, drhoffmanstore.com. We'll be right right. back with more of today's Intelligent Medicine podcast. It's our weekly Q&A with Layla, questions to questions at drhoffman.net.